0: There's the whole crowd of men out there who need this. Welcome to the case study. This case study will be marked down in time, known to all as the record keeper of the historic rise of the woke man. Welcome, ladies and gentlemen. Actually, welcome, gentlemen. I don't know if any women will be listening to this, but quite frankly, I don't care. What I want is to see the change in man. Yes, that's hurt. The change in man. This is the Man series, where you hear the stories of men who changed, who laid to rest their old ways of thinking, and who opened up and started expressing their truth, revealing emotion, strengthening their self-awareness and breaking free from the old paradigm of being a man this is going to help men find the courage to open up to break the shackles of toxic masculinity and to guide them home in becoming a better man let's go oh by the way it's luca luca reedy from the feeling alive podcast And The Woke Man is a sub-series. You're welcome. Welcome to The Woke Man series where we make men woke. And I'm with the sexiest of all sexy woke men, Mr. Dane Robinson, aka Aquaman. How are you, brother?
1: Good, my man. Thank you for that incredible intro. I feel like I uh, have just gotten a new best friend in you. Thank you.
0: (laughs) Anyone compliments a man, they're always your fucking friend, aren't
2: they? Hell yeah.
0: All right, bro. Look, we you know what we're doing here, we're we're spreading the awareness of of how a man can um, step into a conscious life, raise conscious awareness, develop himself for him for himself and not for others, and, and reduce that toxic masculinity. I got eighteen questions. We're gonna start with eight quick fire questions. Are you oh. ready? How are you? Let's tell it. Sweet brother. Uh, where do you live right now?
1: Currently right now in Bali, Indonesia. Umalas is the suburb.
0: Umalas, just down the road from me, actually. Um, Literally. Now, what do you do for a living right now?
1: So for a living, I work with my wife and we have an online coaching business. She provides the coaching services. She's the, really the face of the brand and I am the one that does the behind the scenes. So I look after all the website integrations, uh, the website itself, create social events I've just created a charity as well for Balinese families. What's that called? I do breathwork. That's Hope to Fam. Awesome. Uh, Hope to Fam is the charity. And I also do breathwork on the side. And that is pretty much all that I can think of at this very point in time.
0: Awesome, bro. So uh, just touch on your breathwork. What does your uh, breathwork involve and what do you do it for?
1: So the breathwork for me involves... Every, different, every, person has a, every person that does it has a different style and a different method of delivery. Uh, so, my method of delivery is conscious connected breathing. Uh, mm-hmm. And it's generally to help people, men, women, anyone, to really help unlock their emotions, help to unlock whatever it is that is keeping them back.
2: Mm-hmm. Uh, and
1: I do this in a range of, I also utilize a range of healing techniques like Midi Midi and Reiki and my own spiritual healing modalities that I've developed and created and learned over the past several years. Mm. And I infuse that with the breath work as well. And it really helps to unlock people's powers. I've had certain people say that, you know, it's like an activation for them. I've had people say that it's like a, like a deep healing for them. I've had people say that it um, doesn't do a heck of a lot. (laughs) So there really is a, there really is a wide range of, you know, what people experience. And for me, the, The, the method of it is really just connecting with whatever the person wants. I'm just a channel. Yep. Whatever the person is able to go through cool. and develop and unlock, that's them.
3: Helping people bring,
0: bring themselves back to wholeness, eh? Being back to themselves. Exactly, yep. Yeah, back I love that, themselves. brother. Yeah. sweet. Next question, brother. What's one thing you're really good at?
1: One thing I'm really good at, uh, holding space for other people. Mm, what does that mean? Holding space to me is a way of being in the presence of someone being actively, uh, what's the word I'm looking for? It is actively listening to who they are, what they represent without any judgment, um, being able to provide a space which is safe for someone to be able to be 100% comfortable with whatever it is that they're experiencing at that time. I feel I'm pretty good at that with every single person I come into contact with. And that's not speaking out of arrogance or overconfidence. I say everything with a level of humility, but I believe that that's what I'm good at.
0: Yeah, I, I second that. You are, man. It's very nice. Uh, appreciate it. uh, what's your biggest fear? Uh, the wide
1: open ocean, being floating on a piece of driftwood out in the Atlantic or Indian Ocean, and then having sharks or Cthulhu rising from beneath, uh, or maybe a kraken or something. No shit, this scares the crap out of me. Like the open ocean is like the first thing (laughs) that comes to mind when I think of fear because there is nothing that I would appreciate less.
2: (laughs) Yeah, yeah,
0: yeah. I I completely agree, bro. Uh, You know, the first thing was like, oh, you know, not living to my true potential or (laughs) the fear of of judgment. (laughs) You're like fucking open water, sharks, my feet dangling on a piece of driftwood. I couldn't agree more, man. Couldn't agree more.
2: <laughs> That's, um, it.
0: That's it. All right, bro. Next one. What's your favorite quote?
3: Oh, gee, this is um, uh, uh, <laughs> this is a really good one. Um, I know, man. I
0: don't ask stupid questions.
1: Uh, um, <laughs> see, I really want to go with um. I really want to go with something that someone like Optimus Prime said, like um, freedom is the right to all sentient beings.
0: Oh, yeah. Did Optimus Prime say that? Yeah, he did. Oh, wow. That's, <laughs> that's a, what a wise robot. Oh, he was,
1: he, was, he was my leader growing up. Really? He was the one I looked to, yeah, 100%.
0: Why did you like Optimus Prime? What, did you, what qualities did you like about Optimus Prime? Leadership, 100% his leadership. He was...
1: The type of person who was in, in any moment, he would be able to offer advice, the right type of advice to to, a, to someone which was coming from a complete heart space, but not just for himself, for the person. And he would offer the wisdom to be able to help any single person see whatever it was that they were missing in that moment. And then on the flip side, he was this kick-ass warrior that would whip out a gun and then like shoot Decepticons. Mm. Like he, he wasn't afraid to throw down, but he wasn't afraid to get all Confucius on it. Wow. Like the peaceful warrior. The peaceful warrior, yeah. A, a warrior in a garden. Yeah, I like that. Like, that's another quote. It's better to be a warrior in a garden than a gardener in a war. That's, that's the other quote. Really?
0: A warrior in a garden than a gardener in a war. Yeah. I like that one. Something that's prime, bro. So yeah. next question. What is a conscious man to you? Uh, a conscious
1: man? To me, um, and I'll, specific, I'll specifically mention towards men um, because I believe consciousness has a different uh, definition based on the different sexes. But for men, it is really coming into the grips of their masculine power and their masculine energies and being aware of what they possess, but also aware of what they don't possess and mm. aware of where they can, where they can learn and where they can seek to learn new things. So... Mm. With the energies that are masculine-driven, that are typical masculine energies, things like um, assertion or things like uh, uh, determination, they're typically energies that are associated with the masculine side. So Mm. having an element of that which is also grounded, I also feel that the masculine and the feminine energies are different in the sense that a masculine is more grounded in his approach. He provides the strength. The presence, the capability for people to be comfortable and kind of sit under that person's shelter
2: mm-hmm.
1: and those underneath. And then the, the female, you know, goes and does their old creativity and mm. sort of stuff. Goes, goes and releases that. But for a man to be fully conscious, it's about really understanding his power and his connection to both. His masculine side and really coming to terms and to grips with that while also possessing, and this is kind of somewhat not so much contradictory, but also possessing the ability and the awareness to have those, fem, those feminine energies as well.
0: Mm, I like that, man. It's a nice definition. And last uh, two more questions for the quick fire. What's one thing that challenges you right now?
3: One thing that challenges me right now is one thing that is a constant growth area is to really
1: understand what is holding me back and to get deep with what, to really go deep with why I feel and process things the way that I feel or process things and to figure out ways to always become better in those aspects. Is that clear? I don't know
0: if I was. Yes, yeah, it's it's clear. it's it's, it's self self reflective and then knowing where to looking at your areas of improvement. Right, being self reflective. Yeah,
1: I mean that, that's an area of growth uh, that I'm constantly progressing for. So Would what I is what what is challenge?
0: yeah? So what is the current one area that you're looking at needing to grow in? Then, if you if you do self reflect, what one area is it that you're currently looking at and going, oh, I need to grow in that area.
3: Um, the initial, the initial inclination
1: for my brain to instantly switch to a negative thought or judgment. So
3: on yourself or others, uh, on others,
1: um, on others mostly. So what I tend to do is if something, um, if I see something unfold, then instantly my brain will go into a negative, um, into like a negative association with whatever that thing is. Um, I think I might've mentioned it to you in the past as well. You know, I was, I was sitting at the gym one day and I you know, saw this guy walk in with an eye patch and all of a sudden I just wanted to go, yeah. And I like, <laughs> think that he was a pirate and, you know, instantly judge that person as a pirate kind of thing. But, and that's just where my brain goes to. And so yeah. for me, the challenge is to constantly, is to constantly remove that instant negative connotation. Mm-hmm. Uh, so that's, that's one of the biggest challenges for me mm. right now. I love
0: like that, man. Appreciate that. And last question for the quick fire Do you believe
3: in a greater power? Totally, 100%. Uh, yep. What is that to you? Uh, so, to me, the greater power
1: uh, I'm assuming that by greater power, you're referring to like a, a God or a source or, a, um, or an overall sort of overarching entity that governs the way mm. this is still created. I believe in several higher powers, there are, there are levels to what we do, uh, to what there is above us. Mm. But the overall arching greater power, uh, 100%, I believe. I believe that it is a creator of which we have no comprehension and we are not intended to try and comprehend this with our physical minds. But that doesn't mean that it's not there. Yeah. And when you ask the question of, you know, where does this come from? Where does this come from? You just keep asking that question until it goes all the way back. Yeah. To create, to you know, the Big Bang or before that, depending on which religion you believe, you know, it just leads to the question of what does create all this? What did create? Yeah. This. yeah, and so there is a higher power, and it is a creator of some sort, which we have no comprehension of, and I don't believe that we are supposed to.
0: Mm. Yeah, that's beautiful, man. All right, bro, let's get stuck into the main questions. This is going to be real raw and as deep as you want to go. Are you ready to roll? How are you? Cool, man.
3: So the first question, what did your life look as unwoke to looking like now? Comparing the two Danes, the versions of Danes. Danes.
1: The two Danes, the Great Dane and the lesser Great (laughs) Dane. So prior to, it was about four years ago that I really started to get on this journey. Mm-hmm. Uh, for about uh, maybe five, almost five years ago, I started on this journey. And when I first started, I went vegetarian, uh, gave up alcohol, started getting deeper into spiritual practices, uh, started really uncovering a whole bunch of, different things and what it was like before. I was a person who was trying to figure out who I was and what my place was in the world. Mm-hmm. You know, I didn't know who I was as a person to the point where I would almost seek validation from external groups that I knew that I wasn't supposed to be a part of, mm. but I still tried my hardest to be a part of that group. And what that did was it just allowed me to become a lot less happier with myself and the choices that I made and the person that I was becoming. You know, the the, the groups I'm talking about are you know, rugby groups because, you know, I'm, a, I'm an avid rugby fan, fucking fanatic for I played it for almost 30 years and I would associate myself with you know, boys from the rugby club. And I'd try and get into that group and I'd try and you know, drink them at alcohol sessions and I'd try and go out and pull girls and I'd try and you know, do all this, all, this, all this sort of stuff, not realizing that it was counterproductive to who I was as a, an actual human being mm. and my own self as well. So I kept trying to pursue that version of of what I perceived was myself and it just led me into an unhappier place. And unwoke, I was the type of person that would go out every weekend, get pissed, maybe do some drugs,
3: um, go and pull some girls, um, eat meat. Uh, I I was unhappy with myself without
1: knowing that I was unhappy with myself. And I was fortunate enough not to experience, you know, depression or anxiety until uh, after my, my general awakening. Mm. But I still knew that there was just a massive part of myself missing. Mm-hmm. And I didn't know what it was. And mm. I was fortunate that I listened to my intuitive nudges that I realized were intuitive nudges in hindsight, and retrospect. and that was when I really started to like, you know, get on the pathway of this person that I am now.
0: Mm, and so what is now? So
1: now is a uh, long-haired, uh, uh-huh. <laughs> uh, meditating, vegetarian-slash-vegan, about 80% vegan, 80 to 90% um, vegan, still rugby playing and rugby coaching, um, but I'm a person who is deeper into spiritual practices, deeper into plant medicines now, Uh, deeper into connection with oneself and unlocking the, helping to unlock the power within other people as well. Mm. Um, But someone with with much more of a purpose. In fact, someone with a clearly defined purpose of what I want to achieve in this lifetime. Mm. Um, Whereas before I had no purpose. I was just kind of living week to week, month to month, just in a nine to five job, earning good money, having fun-ish, Um, but not really living to my highest potential.
2: Yeah. Yeah, that's
0: nice, man. So this goes into the next question. Looking at the unworked aspect of your life, the unconscious aspect of your life, what was your biggest vice? Uh,
1: Alcohol. Yeah. Uh, Alcohol, yeah, I'd say 100% alcohol. Okay. Um, That would, what alcohol would do for me would be something like, I'd go out, get on the piss, like, I wasn't a severe alcoholic, I'll put it that way. I wasn't someone who woke up in the morning and just craved the beer. But I was the type of person that would get to Friday and just want to get pissed. If I didn't have rugby on the Saturday, I'd go f- drinking on the Friday, possibly on the Saturday, wake up Sunday with hangover, Monday still hungover, Tuesday uh, maybe slightly tape it off. But alcohol was definitely my biggest vice. Mm. And that just fed into a range of other behaviors that I just didn't agree with. Things yeah. like cheating on ex girlfriends, things like womanizing, things like. Uh, being abusive, uh, being an absolute dick
2: to people, Mm. uh, just
1: not being an upstanding member of society. Mm. And so alcohol for me was the biggest fight. And it ran through into my family as well,
0: hugely. Yeah, I can relate to that. And what does alcohol look like to you now for those people listening?
1: Um,
3: Unnecessary, 100% unnecessary. It's something that... You know, if, if I had a good relationship with
1: alcohol, I may be able to continue with it, you know, and have one drink every now and then or, you know, maybe enjoy the taste of it and have one with dinner or have a whiskey with, you know, like a, I don't know. Something,
2: with the boys.
1: Uh, with the boys. You know, have a, have a whiskey or two maybe. I don't know. But yeah. I, my own personal belief of it is that it's, 100, it's 100% unnecessary. You don't yeah. need it to do anything. In fact, what I realized is that I'm a lot more social and sociable now without alcohol, because I actually understand who I am. Mm -hmm. I know who I am as a person. I know the type of environments that I want to be around and I know how I want to talk to people. You know, Mm -hmm. with alcohol, I was, it was a false sense of, not so much security, but a false sense of being and a false sense of uh, confidence that was coming Mm -hmm. out. And it wasn't actually who I was. So now without alcohol, and removing all of the vices of that, that that brought allowed me to really understand who I am as a person mm. and knowing that hangovers are shit and they're completely unnecessary and they're just okay, nice. a waste of time.
0: Yeah. And so how long have you been sober for? Uh, just over four years. Holy shit. That's crazy, man. So it's awesome that we touched on that. What emotion challenged you most in this journey? I've got the emotions that I write down is that I'm using in this um, series is anxiety, shame, guilt, fear, or anger. Is that's where I see the five main emotions. Obviously, if you struggle with anything outside of that, let me know. But out of those five, what did you struggle with most? Anxiety,
3: shame, fear, guilt, and anger. 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 Fear. Guilt. More fear. Um. more fear um i did suffer from anxiety in fact
1: anxiety a little bit as well but more so fear and the reason it was fear over this whole process over the last few years is because with what we do with what my wife and i do there has been a level of uncertainty with you know all the entrepreneurs out there that are uh, doing this sort of realm this work, it does come with a certain level of fear and a certain level of control mm. that you kind of need to release in order to consistently remain in a vibration which is positive and helpful and upbeat. Mm-hmm. And so in the beginning stages, fear was huge because I was like, shit, you know, like what if, this, what if this happens? What if we don't do this? You know, what if that, what if that? And what I found was that my fears were coming from a state of control because I wanted to control everything. Mm -hmm. I wanted to control what I could, what was realistically outside of my control. And what I realized was by releasing control of it all, I released the fear to a certain degree. There is still fear which kind of creeps in every now and then. I think that's that's a constant, is to be okay with the fact that fear is still there and there's a reason for it too. But to constantly let it bog you down as one thing as opposed to just being aware of it and being able to move through it. And I feel that over the last several years I've developed tools and ways for myself to actually move through that fear Mm. and move through and move beyond the the need to control things that are not within my control.
0: Wow. So it's like a a big fear of uncertainty, fear of the unknown and just having faith and trust that this greater power is... um is, is perfectly or- orchestrating your path. Exactly, yeah. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. So yeah, 100 cool. cool, bro. <clears throat> Next question. Did you ever contribute those emotions to something that happened to your
3: past? Were they ever connected to something that's happened in your past? Um, yeah. I will say yes because my my father was a very controlling
1: person over over my mother, but he also controlled the finances in our household, mm. uh, which was a big uh, which was a big area for me to release as well. Was because I'm I'm not the breadwinner in our family, and both in our family, and myself and my wife Libby, you know, she's the breadwinner. She's the one that you know goes out and is the face of the brand and I just do the background stuff so for me releasing the, the need to control and releasing that fear of the unknown and saying you know what Libby you've got this that was a huge mm. I guess releasing of the fact that my father was a very controlling person
2: yeah
1: and I understand why it was controlling you know there's there's a range of different areas there but he was the type of person to do all the banking you know once a week kind of thing His set time and very structured person very you know that that th- like things need to be done that 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 very very regimented he was so and i got to see that and i appreciate that because it allowed me to have that sort of structure and that sort of awareness too but what it did was i feel it it, it kind of overflowed into my life in a way that you know, I picked up the fact that he was controlling, so I needed to be controlled. Yeah. Or I needed to control aspects, or I needed to do this, or do that. So, yeah, yeah the, the the releasing of that control into you know my wife Libby has been a huge shift for me, from really coming to grips and terms and being happy with the situation that we're in.
2: Mm. <clears throat>
0: I respect that, man. It's um, appreciate your your rawness there. It's a hard one when we're looking at the programs and we're looking at our what we what we see, and go, oh, I don't want to do that. And the next step is to actually change it. And so, yeah, like I can imagine that would have brought up a lot of shit for you. Yeah, you did a great job, obviously.
3: Yeah, Sure. Bro. I appreciate it. Man. And it.
0: yeah, um, all right. So, if you think about this this journey that you've been on, this conscious journey, was there a low point in your life?
1: Uh, yeah, uh, over this conscious journey, so over the last four years, yep. So one of the biggest parts for, one of, the, I guess, the, the biggest kicks from the universe, from the higher power, was when I had my second concussion playing rugby uh, in under a year. So mm-hmm. I had a major concussion, and I was off work for 2018. Um, but what that did was it allowed me to, kind of kick our plans into gear with with how we wanted to move to Bali and set up our businesses and really just kind of spurred that all on. Mm -hmm. But over that time, because I had concussion, I couldn't do bugger all. I was forced to sit in a room and just be with myself. You know, I couldn't watch Netflix on binge. I couldn't, you know, I could barely read. I had to sit in a dark room and just sit there with myself and my thoughts and my feelings and um, just allow things to kind of go down. Like, things to be internalized and in everything. And what that did was it, it pushed me into, I don't want to say push, that's probably the wrong word, but because of that, I entered into stages of anxiety and stages of depression where suicidal thoughts would come in. Mm. You know, things like, shit, what if I just grabbed that knife and just like <sharp inhale> shoved it into my temple? Like, cool, done. Like, I'm out of here. Sweet. Um, and so that was probably the lowest point of the last four years, over the last four years. Um, Of being on this conscious journey, but Mm. what it taught me was that everything is temporary. You know, those thoughts are—they're not going to last forever. And by addressing it and understanding it, and even talking about it to Libby, you know, I spoke to her about it at times. Um, I had a counsellor at the at the time as well, and we spoke about it. You know, we realised that it was just a temporary thing. Like these Mm. thoughts would come, but then you have the choice to either latch onto them or let them go. And so I chose to let them go and I could see, it's interesting. Like I talk about a, a thought spiral of, you know, one thing that will just spiral down into all of a sudden you've made this massive situation about how your wife is cheating on you or because, you know, she left the toilet seat down when you needed to go piss. Like mm. something, something like that. You know? so, so overthinking. All of a sudden. So overthinking, and so all that time I was just overthinking things to where do these massive situations would have kind of go. Oh, what the fuck's going on here? Like that's not actually what's happening. And it took a lot of conscious effort to be able to go. You know what? <sighs> like that's that's not that that's not there. Just let that go. You know that's that's not what's happening. Well, and they'd keep coming, and I'd keep pushing them away, and they'd keep coming. Mm. But that's what really taught me to be to be mindful and mind, using mindfulness and meditation as a real tool to just be aware of that sort of
2: thing. okay. That, that
0: was there. So, that was the tool that you use mindfulness and meditation. Totally. Yeah.
1: Yep. I got, I became a lot more mindful in that time, in that area. And I became, I started to use meditation as a real tool.
2: Yeah. Like awesome. Deep-
0: cool. So, on the next aspect of this, is, was there a significant moment of awakening for you? Like, was there a moment where you're just like, no, fuck this, I'm going to change? And like, you, know, you go down, like, a, open up a new door. Did that, did that exist or was it
3: slow? Uh,
1: yeah, so there was, there was a door which opened and then it was kind of uh, gradual stages of progression from there. So the moment was uh, 2015 and my wife was we were just a boyfriend and girlfriend at the stage. She'd, she was cycling through Vietnam and she was over there and I was in New Zealand and I just started watching Netflix Randomly, and watch, started watching Cowspiracy and um, then started watching Forks Over Knives. And then I was like,
3: fuck, like,
1: there's some fucked up shit going on. Like, there's some just crazy stuff going on like, in the world, especially with, you know, cows and chickens and pigs and all that sort of stuff. And so, what that did was it, it kind of it forced me into a different way of thinking and a different way of being. And that's when I, that's when I made the decision to go vegetarian.
2: Mm-hmm. And
1: when my wife was over in Vietnam, I spoke to her on the phone and I said, hey, look, um, you know, I'm thinking about going vegetarian. She goes, oh, my God, I've, I was thinking the same thing because she cycled past like a truck that was carrying, you know, pigs on their way to the slaughterhouse. And she was like, oh, okay, yeah, that's just pigs. Okay, whatever. Next truck was like chickens going past on the way to the slaughterhouse. She was like, oh, that's sad. That's just chickens. Like, okay. And, but then the third truck was dogs. And so she saw dogs on the way to being slaughtered. And she just broke down. She was like, man, this, this is fucked, right? There's just something not right about any of this. So at the same point in time, we made the decision in different parts of the world. And so we were like, you know what, let's do it. Let's go vegetarian. Boom. Mm -hmm. And then as soon as we went vegetarian, started getting deeper into like meditation, started going, um, started, uh, well, stopped drinking, stopped doing drugs, all that sort of
0: stuff. Um,
2: Wow. Started growing my
1: beard.
0: (laughs) Yeah. So that was like just opening your awareness to something that you'd never really seen properly.
1: Totally, yeah, and getting deeper onto the, as well as getting deeper onto the, the religious path, you know, what, what religions kind of, you know, help to instill in people but also the controlling aspect that I perceive it to have, mm. um, you know, that kind of really opened me up because I wasn't religious to say. I was baptized a Presbyterian and my wife, she had a religious background um, from her parents. But that really helped to just kind of unlock that whole aspect of it all and yep. open our minds to something that was a lot deeper than what we are given credit for.
0: Wow. That's, that. That's a big part of that conscious journey, eh, is just that expanded awareness, right? Yeah. That's awesome, Expansion, yeah. So on this path, did, your fr- did you have a significant change in your friend group and how did you deal with that?
1: Yeah, so what I noticed was a lot of the friends that I would party with, We'd kind of just, like, stopped hanging out. Um, they didn't really disagree with what I was doing. They didn't really talk about it, but we just kind of, you know, just parted ways. And I'm fortunate enough that not many friends of mine
3: were in that category mm-hmm. uh, to begin with. Um, so they ended up just kind of, like, drifting out, and there were only a handful of them. But what
1: I, what I definitely realised over the time was that, as I started to become more confident in myself and confident with my level of evolution and progress was that the level of friendships that I had and the friendships that I had started becoming a lot deeper and started becoming more about um, respect and more about uh, open conversations. And I think from that moment, I was fortunate enough that people could see the type of person that I actually was. Like I've had friends reach out now uh who in fact one of my old bosses at my old work he's like this you know scottish dude ex-military you know has seen some pretty fucked up shit and you know heavy drinking like has gone through a lot in his life um and when i started going on this pathway like we started talking about it and he'd give me shit about it and i'd give him shit because i like to give shit to people i help I I tend to wear my heart on my sleeve and wear my biggest faults as armor so that people don't really like penetrate. Mm. And it helps to really build trust in the person as well. But what actually happened was, you know, a couple of years after, you know, I made this decision, he started like reaching out and saying, you know, I really appreciate you. You know, I've got a lot of time. I've always thought that you're a really top guy. Um, You've got a really kind heart, like saying all this cool stuff. And at first I was like, That's awesome. Like, I I never knew that, you know, one, that you thought that about me because I looked up to him so much, but two, that he had the capacity and the capability to also express those sorts of uh, feelings and communications as well. So, Mm. over the time, my friendship group, the ones that were small minded, like straight and, you know, very narrow minded and small thinking, they kind of just naturally drifted away. But I never really associated myself with those sorts of people anyway.
2: Mm. Uh,
1: But the ones that, I did connect with, you know, and, you know, have some form of relationship with, the relationships grew deeper with. Me. Mm. So now, you know, I can message any one of them and be like, hey, man, how's it going? And, they'll, and they accept me for who I am and I accept them for who they are. And then when they're ready, you know, they may ask the question of, you know, shit, so how did you get on this path? How did you end up living in Bali? How did you end up
0: yeah.
1: happy and doing all this sort of shit?
0: So you sort of had to just, you know, reduce those people that weren't really filling your cup, so to speak, and then eventually just accept them for who they are and let them come to you?
1: Pretty much, yeah, exactly. So there
0: was, was did you feel lonely at that, any point on that path?
1: Uh, no. I, I can understand how people can because yeah. it's like a complete shift of their – it's a complete sh- shift and shake-up of their life. And with a lot of people – know people can feel as though they don't have any friends or who they're who are their actual friends. And Mm -hmm. for those that naturally kind of crave that friendship and Mm -hmm. the need for to be connected to people, then it can be a massive
3: shift.
1: But the more work you do and the more coming to the realization of who you are as a person, you realize that you don't actually need external friendships. Mm -hmm. They're cool to have and you don't necessarily place all your value in them is what I'm trying to say. Yeah. Because you realise in yourself that you have enough value to really be comfortable, you know, in your own presence 100% of the time. And maybe, you know, you've got a few friends and a couple of family members that appreciate and love you and are able to connect and talk about a whole bunch of different things. And, you know, that sustains you for the time until you find your feet and until you find who you are and until you find the types of people that you want to attract, you know, have deeper friendships and and all that sort of stuff.
0: Mm, i feel you man that's awesome so on this path the you know you've gone from that significant moment of awakening realizing there's more depth to you was healing a big part of this journey like did you have to heal anything emotionally mentally spiritually physically um and if you did what what was that
3: modality that helped you yeah so healing came in a couple of different forms um one
1: was healing my parents and my family history, because it was you know my parents they were in a domestic violence relationship. Um, both, uh, both of them were alcohols at one point, uh, alcoholics. <laughs> alcoholics. My father was a severe alcoholic, and he would come home and beat my mum. So I had to actively heal within myself what I'd gone through, but also what my mother and father had gone through as well because you know, they, my father didn't get a chance to heal what he went through. So I feel that what I have done is to heal his, his wounds from his life. He passed away when I was 16, so I was able to heal and still am able to heal his trauma mm. even though he's passed on. And mm. I know that because there have been a range of different situations of conversations and dream state with him, and a whole bunch of different things. So for me, healing my childhood, what I went through, um, and also healing my parents. Now, the modalities that I went through were, it's, it's interesting because it was like a gradual process. It was just a gradual kind of um, unlocking and awakening. For me, um, meditating was huge. Like what, what I've come to realize about my own journey, and every single person's journey is different, So. You know, what I went through may not suit other people and what other people go through may not suit other people. But meditation is the key. Being self-aware mm. and understanding as to who you are as a person and what you represent and what you can bring and, you know, what triggers you, what, uh, what brings up emotional responses, understanding all that is key. And meditation and mindfulness are some of the tools that you can use to unlock that sort of stuff. Mm. And those have been huge because those have given me a state of presence and a state of comfortability within myself and a state of being and a state of really coming to terms and knowing within myself what has worked, what hasn't worked, what I can heal and who I am as a person. So those mm. would be the two biggest things that I could, that I could possibly think, you know, starting the beginning to meditate for one is like one of the biggest. I do it yeah. daily. Okay. Um, and then getting deeper into your meditation journey, going to breath work. There's a lot of breath work out there now, which just kind of like hits to the core straight away yep. with a lot of people. Yep. Um, and uh, plant medicine as well. Ayahuasca was a huge journey for me. Um, really, really healing what I'd gone through as a child as well, like visually and experiencing that once again. It was massive and profound.
0: Mm, interesting. So breathwork, meditation, plant medicine. Yeah, there have been three things that have, that have helped me as well, man. Yeah. Yeah. For sure. Yeah. So we nearly finished these. We've got two questions there. What was the most what, part of your conscious journey, what are you most grateful for?
1: Most grateful for. I am most grateful that I am able to experience this life and live this life. With so many different things that I'm grateful for, <laughs> I'm mm. grateful for gratefulness. <laughs> um, I am, yeah. I can't even explain it. It's the path that I'm on now has, without a doubt, in my mind, been almost a, well, it has been divinely guided.
2: Mm.
1: You know, and I'm grateful for that 100%. Yep. There's not a day that goes by where I'm not grateful for the things that have happened. You know, everything from the traumas that I experienced as a child to cheating on my girlfriend when I was 21 years old, to um, to going to play rugby in the States and then choosing to come back and, you know, work at the job that I did so that I could have this life. Like every single thing when I look back is part of this journey and I'm just yeah. so grateful for every single part of it that has just lined up for it. And I yeah. think you know, if you're grateful for every single thing and being grateful is the most powerful emotion and and attractor of future things that you can attract, possible. You know, mm. If you're grateful for the things that you have right now, if you're grateful for the food on your plate, then more delicious food will come. You know, if you're mm. grateful for the friendships that you have in your life, then more delicious friendships will come. Yeah. You know, if you're grateful for those, for anything in your life, for everything in your life, then more of it will come. It's really about shifting that. So I live in a constant state of gratitude and gratefulness, of just things and how they panned out, um, grateful for friendships like incredible deep and divine friendships like yourself and Danielle uh, grateful for my wife Libby um, mm. grateful, grateful for my family all my friends uh, rugby mm. there's not one thing that I can attribute it to it's just yeah grateful for
3: a lot
0: uh, I like that man you know um... I think it it really says a lot when you can be grateful for the challenges as much as all the beautiful things too, because you see that there's benefits in everything, right?
1: Yeah, you have to. I say this, you know, cautiously. You have to be grateful for the things that gave, that really troubled you and challenged you. Yeah. Because at the end of the day, you got through them. Yeah. You know, if you're still sitting here right now, you got through them. Mm-hmm. You know, and you or you're getting through them. You know, and so being grateful for everything that you have gone through, like I'm, I'm a believer that you either win or you learn, you know, there mm-hmm. is no losing, there is no, um, there is no nothing bad that comes of a situation. You either learn something or you win
2: mm-hmm.
1: and every single thing that you learn has made you stronger. Every single thing that you've gone through has made you strong. Everything you've gone through is a lesson. Yeah. So yeah, I, I'm truly grateful for every lesson that I've learned. It's made me who I am today.
0: Yeah. That's awesome, man. And last question, what's one tip that you want to give that you would give your old self who's just starting this journey now that you've crossed that ditch?
3: Uh,
1: trust and believe. Uh, mm-hmm. Trust that it's all going to work out. Trust that, that you know, a higher power has your back.
3: Trust that everything that happens, you'll, you need to experience it. Mm-hmm. Like you need to Mm -hmm. you chose to experience that
0: no matter how challenging it gets just trust just trust
1: you Mm -hmm. chose whether you whether you realize it or not you know you chose to experience that Mm
2: -hmm.
1: either subconsciously unconsciously or consciously you chose to experience that you know whether in this life or the previous life you said you know i want to experience that shitty thing of my uh, ex-girlfriend cheating on me or my you know, my parents dying in a car crash or my blah, 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 whatever it is. You know, so you chose to experience it because by choosing it, you've actively gone and said, you know what, I want to work on this thing about this. And you work on it and you get through it.
2: Yeah.
0: Yeah, that's awesome, brother. Well, thank you so much for diving deep, man, and and helping this work, you know, formulate something physical and help other unconscious men shift and change who are on the cusp. I really appreciate you... Uh giving us the time and, and going deep with this man
2: Woke man, bring love and just be I got love in my eyes, bro. I can not see I'm gonna be who I'm destined to be Wokeness is taking my old self away. Yeah, I put love into me, I'm spreading that love, yo don't you see? Grab your cacao and drink it with me. Cause wokeness is taking my old self away. Woke man, woke-woke man. Woke man, wokey woke man, woke man, wokey woke man, bring love and just be. Woke man, wokey woke man, woke man, wokey woke man, woke man, wokey woke man, bring love and just be.